Okay, we are back for another Katasi Healing Talk. And today we are going to talk about forgiveness. Um, we have our friends, our wonderful, beautiful friends, Laura and Laura. Hi, guys. Hello. Good morning. And of course, Kay. Kay Kudalwitika. Hi, Kay. Hi. And Laura asked, wanted us to talk about the question, why is forgiveness so important? Do you want to add anything to that, Laura? Well, why is forgiveness so important for awakening too? <laughs> I can kind of add on to that. Why and your so health. Important? And your health, yes. And your personal, your superpowers. Mm -hmm. And your experience, how you perceive. How you perceive, mm -hmm. yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of really good reasons to uh, engage forgiveness, and that means forgiveness of others, and all the way through your life, anybody that you could think of, uh, or a group of people, or a system, or whatever, that has somehow uh, injured you, or traumatized you, or made you angry or whatever it is. You know, it could be just little, it could be really big, doesn't matter. Your body, your body understands that it's been attacked in different ways. And when we've been attacked, we we hang on to it. We hang on to the memory of it. We relive it. And we keep re-attacking re ourselves with the same offense. And that doesn't need to happen. It's, uh, it in injures things. It injures everything, every part of us. Our ability to think, our, you know, our mind, our brain, our, uh, our energy level, the physical uh, mechanisms, the goings-on of your body, every every bit of it 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 all gets injured and you end up with with something that's diminished injured and you hang on to that somehow for some reason people think they need to hang on to this offense and they can't think about getting getting rid of it letting it go that's that the bigger the offense is in their in their minds or in their their heart or their body, the harder it is for them to to let go of it. And everybody's perception of that's different, uh, especially when we're little. We can be really traumatized by something that seems inconsequential to an adult but the kid could really be traumatized. And one thing I remember from being about four years old, we're moving from the little old house to the big new house. <clears throat> and my mother, uh, you know, being a good mom is throwing away everything unnecessary, trying to, trying to lessen our load. And she threw away my most favorite cherished doll. And I, I was hysterical. I, I actually went to the trash. I was digging it out. I found it. You know, it hadn't gotten taken away yet. I found her. And she's a bit raggy, you know, like most of her hair was gone. And, you know, she had some other lumps and bumps. <laughs> but she was, she's like my best friend. And that the memory's really crisp, crispy clear in, in my mind. And, you know, that's to a parent, uh, to an adult, that the thing is, we're most likely as an adult to think the child wouldn't even notice they're too young, they're too little, they haven't developed, they got other toys. They, they aren't going to notice. No, that was the thing I noticed the most. 
she's probably could have given away or thrown away most everything else but that one thing. So there's the forgiveness uh, of, of others and their offenses and the trauma that we allowed to have happen in us. And we keep keep going over and over with it. But there's also somebody else, somebody out there, Mr. Other or Miss Other, whoever it is, uh, that you offended them, that you hurt them, that you did something, who who knows what, how, how big, might seem little to you or nothing. It might have been something, you know, really bad, anything in between. And that that needs to be forgiven because energy flows in two directions always. And we're, we're interactive, we're interconnected. And in this, this interconnectedness, there's flowing of good energy. <laughs> and if we're still hanging on to the trauma, flowing of bad energy. And it's coming to us and going from us both ways. So in the Egyptian tradition, early on in the, in the studies of the student, the initiate, is the forgiveness ceremony. And that's exactly what we do in the forgiveness ceremony is to get in, into a, a meditation, a trance level. You want to lower those vibrations and get into a, a nice alpha theta state. And you perceive as chords, you perceive these connections and they're connected to your body all over the place and especially your chakras. That's where you look first because <laughs> we seem to crowd things in there. <clears throat> the chakras like to control different kinds of energies that come and go from the body. So we're, we look for these and we might not remember all the offenses or who did what, or, but maybe we do. Maybe it's hard to get, to give things up, but we just look for what doesn't fit, what needs to be healed. What's, what's dark, what's nasty. And we go through the process of the ceremony. We separate ourselves from the cord or we clean the cord up if we can and we give forgiveness of the other and we give forgiveness of ourselves. We clean the whole cord up all the way. And sometimes we have more than one cord going into our body from the same offense and that's okay we just have to keep persistent uh, about cleaning it up and why do they do this and why do they start early in the teaching that's because without forgiveness we could never wake up we have way too much in the way Boulders in the road, big, <laughs> blocking the whole road, boulders in the road. So we have to clean it up. And the Egyptians recommended also that you do this forgiveness ceremony over and over and over and over for you, all the way till you die. You keep doing it again because more things may have happened or there may be old things that you thought maybe you, you got rid of it, but it wasn't, wasn't quite, you know, complete. Or maybe it's just too hard. You couldn't complete it because it just it was way, way, way too hard to try to forgive. And that's either, either of yourself or of the other. But we have to. We can't move on any farther until all this forgiveness has happened. 
So that's what we do in our teachings as well. We we teach both the uh, Peruvian, ancient, ancient Peruvian teachings, which are supposed to have come out of Lemuria, very similar to the pre-flood Egyptians. We teach the pre-flood Egyptian teachings. And it's remarkable how similar they are. You know that there's they got to have the same roots back there somewhere. So a lot of this begins with this, this forgiveness. What say you all? Would you briefly talk about what forgiveness is, what it means? Good question. Forgiveness, the English word forgive, is very similar to the Egyptian word for forgive. And it means for, before the giving, before the giving of the injury. That's what forgiveness means. It means I want to go back to the state that I was in before the giving of the injury because I I wasn't full of hurt. I didn't have the roadblock. I didn't have everything making me sick or these repeating thoughts coming back into my head all the time for years about this trauma, whatever it was, this injury. I want to go back to before the giving of the injury so that I was like I was then. Hopefully you are too. And it doesn't mean that you condone bad behavior. Whatever the bad behavior it was, you don't condone it. But you're not, you're not stuck in it. It's not trapping you. When we can't forgive, we're trapped in the memory, the memory of the hurt. And it, we just keep punishing ourselves. We keep repeating the same event, the same trauma over and over and over and over. And it could last a whole lifetime. It could be there your whole life. So we want to get out of that. We don't want to be imprisoned by it. We don't want to be run by it or governed by it. And in these ancient traditions, our programming, our societal programming, the masks, just latch on to this stuff and just, just make it a, a nightmare. It a, becomes a prison. They think the masks always think that they're helping you somehow. They don't want you to forget about this because they want you to be on alert so that you don't get hurt again this way. So this does not repeat itself. And so it keeps re repeating it for you and injuring, injuring you. <laughs> You're injuring yourself over and over and over again. And we want to get out of that because we can't progress spiritually or in any way. We can't progress when we have that in our lives. So what's churning in your minds? Can I go first this time? I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have done the forgiveness ceremony quite a few times because well I've had quite a few things I could forgive and release <laughs> but you know the thing I've learned the most is that you have these teachings about our song and we get to see ourselves and feel ourselves and know ourselves at a whole different level than we were brought up to know and what I've noticed as I was going into the forgiveness ceremony, and then, uh, of course, now you kind of live it. 
um, because you're aware of your thoughts, you're aware of the tightness in your body, you're aware of the no-nos, which you catch it, you catch it, catch it more. But what I, I learned from the last forgiveness ceremony is like, so I was looking at the things that I cut and sent love to and, and asked for healing for, um, and it's like, I could go from, it was, the energy was from me to this and me to that and me to this and me to that, <laughs> right? And then I got to thinking, okay, what's the common thread here? It's going from me to something else. And then it's my perceptions of whatever that event was, whatever that trauma was, it's, I was in essence hurting myself because of my beliefs, my judgments. And I was like, that was a profound moment for me. It's like, wow, I have a lot more control over all of this than I thought I did. When I think about all the things that have just haunted me for years, like guilt or shame or unworthy, you know, it's like, wow, that's something I chose. It's something that I keep activating each time that I think about it, how do I heal that? How do I let go of it? And, and part of that is, is, is taking ownership because first of all, I know I'm infinite and eternal. So that's a whole different viewpoint than, oh, I'm a victim. Oh, this happened to me, you know, when you take away that judgment and, and shine love into it, it heals in so many ways. I mean, I, this was, this, I think was the, one of the biggest things um, as far as healing the, the, is the forgiveness because I just had things that were just haunting me that I was labeling I Pat and I call it it's neutral until we name it until we label whatever it is and this often contains a no-no in there and that's one thing about forgiveness is it, it helps clear that the cords um, that clears the judgments out of your life and and you can project love into whatever was there as soon as you let go of those judgment and blind beliefs and you know your assumptions and <laughs> expectations I can go through all the no-nos but it's so freeing when you realize that you have control over your thoughts your feelings your beliefs yeah yeah Oh, the, what I, one of the things I've noticed, cause I've done the ceremony a few times as a group through it, cause it's in the call of your song and it comes at like the most perfect timing, <laughs> the way Kate, you've created the classes. It's just like the timing and the healing. And so, you know, the call of your song is those strong, basic foundations and forgiveness is part of those strong foundations. Like I always say, if everybody would just go through the call of your song, you know, even if they didn't want to go into the, any of the advanced healing and in the more fun that we have, I can't imagine why you wouldn't, but the call of your song is just so healthy and healing. And I can remember um, doing the forgiveness ceremony the first time I was really surprised at, you know, I'm a forgiving person. That was my mantra. <laughs> going in and I I probably am compared to the regular muggle human you know modern human not doing it but dude inside of me there was stuff like my 16 when I was 16 my cousin wouldn't let me drive in her new Mustang or something she wouldn't let me go with her I was holding that stuff I was nearly 50 the first time I did the ceremony from 16 to 50 that was junk in me from a, a minor incident I forgot about I stashed it some way and I mean I it was like it was that's the difference I mean catching it now we definitely catch it now but the beauty of going through this ancient ceremony is making time um, and you don't see some of the stuff that comes up that's ready to be healed. But the stuff I did see was like so enlightening how, how that stuff just gets stuffed under a rug or under a or under a chakra in an organ. But there was one with my dad this last time that surprised me. I'm, uh, you know, my dad's executor. He's, you know, going to be 80 this year. And um 
I hadn't, I was shown that I was harboring a little resentment for caring for him. And I had, I didn't know when that had happened or how I'd stuffed that away and pretended it wasn't there. And it was, it showed me it was actually there. And I forgave myself. You know, I hadn't, I really wasn't looking, you know, I didn't, I realized in that moment, um, and really looking at that cord, it was, I wasn't really resenting my dad as much as I was holding. I was upset. <laughs> it was like this reverse thing. I was upset that I was upset. <laughs> <laughs> but the second, it, that's what I, I love about the forgiveness. So going through the process of forgiving myself and forgiving my dad, he called like that afternoon and my dad had like this, he has a number of health things going on and suddenly his health was better in one of the areas and so that i that that resentment and that i needed to forgive and let go that you know for both of us it affected his health so immediately it was such a beautiful thing to see i mean i i definitely felt lighter and brighter but to see how this invisible cord to most people is there and how you're you could unintentionally be dragging down your child your parent your friend the human race <laughs> yourself <laughs> by by not knowing you've swept something under a, a chakra carpet <laughs> and, <laughs> and just you know not known it was there and that was truly the you know it's the ceremony was so significant in finding just just recently you know, and still doing it as many times, they still find um, some of that old stuff. I mean, I, I went through a very interesting first marriage and so with a man to a narcissist. So there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a, a lot of stuff I was expecting to see. And, you know, and, and strangely enough, it, there was less of that and more of this, uh, uh, really educational, you know, seeing those things that needed to be addressed and how I, how I, how my thoughts were, were, were affecting, you know, forgiveness. I've noticed that um, after the forgiveness ceremony, I mean, you don't, you're not aware of how many things were kind of dragging dragging your energy down like you, you it was being siphoned from you in in a way um or constricting that energy from just flowing um you just don't aren't aware of it and and you're not even aware of after you've done the ceremony how on how many levels you're going to heal from it it's like oh that doesn't bother me anymore or oh, that that ache in my back doesn't seem to hurt anymore uh, what happened here you know well, it's since the forgiveness ceremony you know um yeah you don't realize on how many levels that just extending forgiveness and mostly forgiveness of yourself for the perceptions that you've created or the judgments that you've put out there and how that connects you to somebody else or yeah. a situation or you know an event I found that a lot of times when I was um holding resentment or anger or anything you know you know, speaking of ex-husbands, you know, it was, there was so much of it. I was trying to protect myself from not doing it again, like you said. So I had to, rem I, it was like, I was forcing myself to remember it over and over again. So I didn't make the same mistake. And, you know, it was, it was just talking to my husband about this on the, um, this morning, getting ready for this talk. And I'm like, isn't it interesting how we forgive a child for like, if my grandkid came in and, and broke my, you know, most precious crystal boss, I don't have one, but say that, you know, it was like that I, I would forgive her immediately. There would like, and, but I would remember never to leave the boss on the table again. <laughs> you know, for example, it was like, I wouldn't, 
I, I would remember how not to allow that situation to happen again, but I wouldn't harbor that all of the, I wouldn't feel like I needed to harbor anger around it to prevent it, you know? And, and so it's learning, you know, it, it's learning that you can protect yourself with, but not, you know, how to keep from needing to forgive again, then I guess is what I... <laughs> Maybe you could talk about that, Kay. How do we get to a point where we don't need to do the ceremony? <laughs> um, well, wake just, up. It, waking up helps. That's, there's a good start right there. For some people, it's um, the day they die. It's stays with them that long. It's another thing that people do maybe the offender had done something that you felt was just so unforgivable, so horrible, so disgusting that you, in one, one hand, you don't ever want to think of them again. You don't want them to pop up. You don't want to, um, to have to run into that person. I wish something, you know, would take a, that person way far away. Uh, and they would get their their due uh, re rewards, so to speak. Yeah, there's that. Their come up, come mm -hmm. come up, and mm -hmm. as they say in the country. <laughs> um, and that that can be really hard because you, if you you feel like if you forgive them, that they're not they're never going to get punished, they're never going to learn. And just keep doing it more and more and more, more people for as long as they're alive. But somehow it's it's your it's your duty to make sure that it's they get punished. But you only punish yourself and you're punishing the other person because you're in your feelings, your in body energy, your thoughts. We're connected. Everything is going in and out and in and out. We're creating dark energy and dark darts, sharp, nasty, poisonous darts at them. And they may not or may not deserve it. Like you say, perspective. Uh, but that definitely is injuring them and it's injuring you because Energy goes both ways. So whatever you send out to somebody else, you send out to yourself. If we want to do any kind of spiritual growth or healing, we have to get that boulder out of the road. And it have to have to just dissipate that whole picture. we're that's i just kind of think you know it's fun having the grandkids at this age and watching my children parent you know it's um you start seeing how some of these are taught i mean not just from i can i see what my grandkids are learning and then i remember the things that i learned and they're different yeah but you um you know, I, I grew up in a very conservative religion, you know, for and then a, a liberal religion <laughs> after that. But the, there was definitely the eye for an eye. You know, and I do believe we even understood forgiveness, but... Um, it had a way different spin on it. It wasn't the same. Yeah, I can easily look at the way I was raised and go, oh my, so different than the Katasi teachings. <laughs> you know, I look at the Katasi teachings and it helps us to cultivate a quality of consciousness, mm -hmm. you know, because we are our awareness. 
we are our consciousness. And so when we're present, that's where all our power is. And I can tell when something other than love comes into my awareness. So we usually call them the no-nos and, and I have choices. I have choices from moment to moment. And it seems like life is so much more easier. It's so much more freeing. And so I can allow so many things because I'm not adding in those blind beliefs. I'm not adding in those assumptions. I'm not adding in those judgments. And you can bet if I'm judging someone over here, they're going to feel it. And I'm going to feel guilty inside because of the energy we're connected, you know? Uh, yeah, I just, the tools of Katasi, oh, what's an amazing ancient healing, <laughs> you know, I'm amazed every single day, you know, I seriously am because I feel like I finally have control over where I put my attention. Yeah, you know? for, forgiveness in the Katasi way isn't, isn't, we forgive them once they do things like we want them to do them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things don't have to happen in a particular way. You've got to, you've got to write yourself into my right world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you got to do, you got to correct all of that. And, and then I'll forgive you. You know, Katasi's way is that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And if I feel some sort of reactivity inside me, there's something inside me that needs to be healed. It's not, it's because it's my perception. It's the, it's the way I'm interpreting whatever they're doing. You know, that it, it feels like the first step of really having power over what's coming into your awareness and how you're reacting to it, you know? Yeah. And you just, you know, that I, I, I don't have that fear of making the same mistakes if I don't forgive them, you know, like, you know, I'll pick the vase up and move it away, you know, just like, it, it's that simple. I just, I won't, I have so much more trust and confidence because of, I don't know, all the other tools <laughs> too, <laughs> that we get to really see truth and balance and understand the beauty of experiencing these things. You know, you're you become a little fearless about making mistakes or somebody else harming you because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it was just like there's um yeah, you're again, I like where the forgiveness ceremony comes and all the trainings because there's you, it, it, and the forgiveness ceremony gets easier and easier, more things as you go, but it, it's like, it's, you're at that time to get you, you understand just a little bit more of your song, unconditional love, what are masks, how are they holding you hostage, you know, that in this resentment, in this anger and fear, and once you see that, you know, some things immediately are just lighter and go away. I mean, some things do take more, more like, Katasi practice. <laughs> that's still here. <laughs> I know. I have some of those, you yeah. know, that's still here. That's still being activated in my energy right here, right now. But now I have the tools to deal with it. It doesn't have to shadow, darken, constrict my experience anymore but yeah the, the masks have a way of showing up I, I had a discussion the other day with someone um they really believe that uh, I used mask but those those fear that fear-based thinking that it was helpful I'm like well I don't understand how come you believe that this is helpful for you well it keeps me from getting hurt like like if that i feel like that tree needs to be cut down because it might fall on the house. I said, but can you be motivated by something other than fear? Like, okay, that tree is dying and it needs to be cut down and not use the fear as the motivator. Like how many times do we do that in our life? A that's lot. Our, that's <laughs> the culture. Yeah. I was yes. going to say we teach people that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was such an interesting conversation and I don't know if I, I help them think a little bit differently about it or not, but I certainly did. <laughs> I, I come from a family addicted to worrying. You know, that it's a very strong addiction. They they look for something to worry about to show you love. 
Like, and when, I mean, I watch them when I like stop talking about things and I'm like, or I catch them, I'm like, you know, that's okay. You know, you, you, it, it's just like that, that real addiction to worrying and not giving them anything to worry about saying, no, everything's great. No, that's great too. Great. It's great. They just like <laughs> their whole body's like rattling. <laughs> like, how do I love you? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I love, I like what you're saying. I think one of the things that's helped me the most is that knowingness that we're all infinite and eternal. So if you know that someone's having a particular experience and there's a whole lot of mask involved or fear or constriction, and if you just hold the knowing of who they are, it, it totally changes your experience. You, you don't have to buy into that. You don't have to join into it. You can, yeah. you can love them. That happened with my ex-husband. <laughs> it was on his fourth marriage. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, when is he ever going to learn his lesson? And, you know, and like he's, he's made of rubber, you know, anything you think he's going to learn his lesson and he bounces and, you know, and comes back and finds another sucker. And I mean, all of that, all of that wanting him to have his comeuppance. And then I'm like, in it, 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 through the practice it was like he you know there's a song and that's not real you know that's his his experience right now and those people he's a touching just like me that was our experience and he's doing that on this planet he's giving that experience to others and having that experience himself and that's just what they're doing. That's the unconditional love, right? And so it was just like, he's, uh, it was like, once you understand that's, that's their dance, you danced in a little bit of it and you danced out and then you can just celebrate like being danced out of it. <laughs> and back to that innocence. I don't know what a single thing is for. I don't know what this is for. I don't know what you're here for exactly, what you need in order to evolve and get, yeah, I don't know yet either. <laughs> I don't know what you, yeah, I mean, but ever since I've declared that I'd like to awaken, I've had some of the most amazing people be put into my path. Now, I've had a lot of experiences that I can look back now and go, oh, wow, that was a huge stepping stone to where I am right now. And so that innocence of like, I don't know. I don't know what this is for. I don't know what you need. I don't know, you know, but I could be a catalyst of extending love. That's, that's what I'm learning from this process. That's where I have my control. We influence people. We influence because we we're sending out energy all the time, as well as taking it in. And if we send out this unconditional love and acceptance of others, and that like you were just saying that acceptance of, you don't know what their purpose in life is. And, you know, they're doing their thing, whatever the thing is, they're doing the thing. And um, we can influence that just by giving them the unconditional love and acceptance. Not, not caring, not, not judging, uh, about whether they're this way or that way, or they do this or that, or they believe in thus and such. And we might think it's silly, uh, not agree with it at all, but that's their thing. And to allow them to, to be who they are, when they are, do, do what they need to do. That's what, what both the Egyptians and the, the Hedekas, the Peruvians say is you may not approve. It's not your shtick, and that's okay. It isn't, not everybody in the world has to do your shtick to be okay. They all come in with their, their own thing and their own purpose and life list. And they're trying to satisfy that purpose and life list. And who knows why those things are on the list? They're learning something. They're learning something very special and important to them and maybe to to others. Maybe the whole human race might be quite important. So when you 
are just giving out this non-judgment, this complete unconditional acceptance and love, and maybe even appreciating what they're doing. You might not approve, but to appreciate that it's something that they're there to, they can actually do and complete here in this life. And, and they need that. They need the lesson of it. Maybe a lot of hurt in that, may not be. But what we send out to them is, is a gift of, oh, I see you. I see this part of you. And you're beautiful. You have a beautiful song and a beautiful eternal life. And you appreciate that. And it can bring quite a bit of healing to other people as well as yourself. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I think through these teachings, I realized that every day is sacred. You know, every day is sacred. It's an opportunity. And, and you know, we get to express our, and, and focus on our, what would it be, vigilance and, and determination to be that which we want to be, but which we want to remember, which we want to extend. Yeah, it's all sacred. Which is amazing in our society, you to have a moment of sacredness. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, I think, what Katasi teaches. Life is sacred. Therefore, we need forgiveness. We need to be able to do the things that we do to, and to learn the things we need to learn. And we need to be able to forgive. Hmm. I love that. There's a whole different level of environmental cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens <laughs> by forgiving. Yeah, we have two environments. We have the internal and the external. We tend to forget the internal. We have to Pick that back up. That's what waking up is all about. That's what the teachings are all about. Realize that we have this incredible internal environment and life and abilities. That's a bigger aspect of us. And This linear, the smaller, <laughs> and still you, we forget that bigger aspect of us. And that's the beauty of Katasi is the, that is the waking up. Oh, it's just the beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As a lot of students have a hard time with <clears throat> this, the whole concept of being able to forgive something or somebody else for the big offense. And they, they just don't see any reason for it. They don't feel any reason for it. They, they're stuck in their own the cultural ideas 
that person has to be punished in some way. We have to protect ourselves. And another one is, I'm really, really angry at them, and I don't want to ever forget that I'm angry at them. I don't want to stop being angry at them. They don't usually realize that right away. It takes a little bit to identify all the different little feelings that go along with something that needs to be forgiven. Another one is fear. They're living in, in a lot of fear of a, that repetition somehow happening again. But if you let yourself grow and heal and forgive the other and yourself for the first offenses, if anything like that comes your way again, it's, it's not going to injure you. Your whole energy field, the whole auric field is, is strengthened. Is Your perception is better. Your understanding of things has gotten so much better. I like that you brought up the concept of the perception. Oh, I took that as an injury because it was my perception. that That's an injury. May not have been at all. Like my mother when I was four. You know, that wasn't... There was nothing malicious there. She had no idea. But at least she let me keep the doll. <laughs> she let me take it into the new house. <laughs> it was pretty sad looking. I think it was pretty dirty as well. <laughs> I probably had taken it out in the mud many times. <laughs> when we change our perception about something, all of a sudden these other views come into to play of things that could be part of that picture. Some are not such nice pictures. Some are great pictures. I know my mother did not like me playing in the mud like I did because I got my, all my clothes wet. I got my whole body wet and my hair muddy. Everything was muddy. <laughs> and I loved it. I thought it was the best thing ever. I remember. I remember being in, in that dirt, in the mud. And I remember going... Uh-oh, <laughs> she's upset. <laughs> there must be a problem with the mud on my clothes. <laughs> I didn't understand it at the time, but uh, yeah, lots of different perspectives and pictures. That's what the Egyptians would refer to as Mahat, the goddess Mahat. She's the Mahat, the, the goddess of truth. She personally is ultimate truth, cosmic, brand, divine, ultimate truth. And then we have all these other levels and stages of truth that have to do with perception. So it is someone else's perception and truth may not look exactly like this other person's perception and truth. And it, it's the same wherever we go. 
And whatever we're doing, whether we're looking outside in the world or we're looking into ourselves, or we're looking into a relationship that we have with people. It feels like we're going full circle again. Question everything. <laughs> From last week. No, and I was thinking, right now, it's like that perception. If you do the no, you know, we if you don't know the no-nos, perception often leads you to judgment. Because mm -hmm. it's based off of, you know, your perception of what you like. You know, you you tend to go right to judgment. And we could go around on that one. <laughs> those things are are such good example of our our training how we're raised in this culture we're raised to judge everything a condemning kind of judging not a discerning observational assessment judgment but condemning i love demano's story he was definitely a storyteller a <clears throat> good one. And and he his idea was that we learn how to judge everything. We and we just go all day long. We're judging everything and anything. We go to the grocery store and we're walking down the toilet paper aisle. And the whole there's just, you know, many feet and feet and feet and feet of toilet paper on the aisles on either side. And you could stop and look at each brand and what what is the the person who is a, asleep? <laughs> the muggle bubble of sleepness. They're judging all the brands except the one they buy. And they're condemning the brands of toilet paper. And they're getting all riled up <clears throat> and judgmental and and condemning the toilet paper. And then maybe if they one day decide they don't like the toilet paper that they've been buying very much, they'll probably start condemning it, that toilet paper too. That's, that just, it not only strikes me as very funny, but it's, uh, it's just so ridiculous. How shows how ridiculous this constant judgment is. We're judging, condemning, throwing black darts at things, just things, and people, maybe animals, maybe plants. Uh, we don't even really know. We don't know anything about them. And then we have to turn around and forgive all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for a busy day if you're doing that. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> it's a long ceremony if you go go after every every one of these kinds of injuries <laughs> that we learned how to make. I think that's too okay so much of what is what I see in the it, you know and why we call it a practice is it it has to be practiced you know it, it's like going to the gym you know when you've never gone to the gym before it, it you can you know is if you're committed to um practicing and and creating new habits you do you know, you catch, you notice yourself doing it is the first step, you know, and so you practice, you know, it's, you just keep at it and everything starts getting lighter and lovelier and, you know, for you and for everybody else that you're affecting. Yeah, vigilance and discipline because we're cultivating a different way of being. We're transforming sure. consciousness. It doesn't have to be hard. People hear the word discipline yeah. or diligence 
And they go, oh, no, you have way, way you must have way more than I ever had. <clears throat> I, I, I could never do those things myself, you know. They get scared off. But it, it turns out that the diligence and the discipline that you develop just comes automatically. It isn't forced. It isn't something that you have to will into being. It just is. That two steps forward, one step back, you know, I think I've even believed I was doing that in the beginning. And it's taken me at this point in the studies to realize, no, I really didn't go backwards. It was just a new perspective that I was looking at things that every step, no matter how much I judged those steps and, and my discipline and my commitment <laughs> and the way I did it, it did just etch me forward. You know, it, it, it was forward motion. It's never not been. And I see that with the other students now. There's, there's not really a way to step back. You know, if you, if you see, there isn't, you know, you just, you know, there's, um, there's a way to stop if you're, if you're done and you stop and on this path, but if you don't stop, there's, there's no back words. You can't undo. You can't undo it. That <laughs> Dermana used to call it the Humpty Dumpty you know, falling <laughs> off the wall. Yeah. You can't put Humpty to dump, Humpty Dumpty back together again. It just can't can't happen. And that's a good thing. And that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so as far as you you go with whatever kind of spiritual awakening practicing that you do and you feel like you you've done enough, you're stopping. You're never going to go backwards. Can't unlearn that stuff. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> That's actually kind of the way I thought of it, like with the no-nos and judgment. And I was trying to learn about judgment and watch myself and see how many different things, you know, all day long, wherever I was, and maybe in the store, and uh, catching myself judging and not wanting to do that anymore. I, I when I was first learning about it, what, what was taught was the injury that it causes for myself and for others. And for everything else around me, for that matter. And it just it made it so unappealing. It's like, ooh, I don't want to go there. That's ugly. That's a bad energy. I don't want to go there. And I think I cut the cords to my addiction to judging really, really fast once I caught that, that understanding. And it made the rest of them, you know, fall in line too. It's like, well, of course you don't want to do the rest of the no-nos either. Because it's, it just makes bad energy. Still have to untrain the old training. You have to. Take out the old, put in the new. Yeah, and since there's not a pill we can take. <laughs> or a SIM card we can replace. <laughs> well, the, the teachings, the, the ancient teachings actually say there is one to help at least. And that's 
don't eat anything that's modern, like sugar and processed food or processed oils or, or any anything like that. The modern, the modern contrived processed stuff. To don't eat that, and and don't drink alcohol. Don't take drugs, because they make your mind more tuned into the cultural training. Beautiful teachings, Kay. Thank you so much. You are so very, very, very welcome. I get delighted from seeing the two of you and all the rest of the students and the incredible progress that they make and the, how fast they make these changes and they grow and what they're learning and how incredibly well they're doing. And it just, it delights me more than I have words for. You know, on our side, it's just a beautiful place to be. Mm -hmm. I do get those. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Why do you look so good? Why are you so happy? Don't you know the sky is falling? Why are you so happy? <laughs> I've had my share of that. Helmut's had his share of that people being just really astounded. Some people see a genuine happiness and not a fake happiness. And they, they realize that. And they speak it. They speak it out. you have anything more on your forgiveness? I think I said plenty. <laughs> Still, you know, spirit keeps teaching me, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even connect that. <laughs> and then I get it. Oh, I, I, it's hard to even put that in words, but um, oh, we get it. Spirit continues to teach me all the time. And I just feel like I'm more aware of it too. Yeah, when I go to bed at night, I try and let go of the whole day and, and see it as perfect, that it was the perfect stepping stones for my awakening or remembrance as it is, because I feel like there's a part of me that's already, I've already awoken, and this is just remembering the process, and that takes all the weight off of it, because I can just, I'm having fun. <laughs> I don't have anywhere to go. I've already done it. <laughs> the ancients say that. That, yeah, you've done this or something similar before, and and when you are not in a physical body and you are doing whatever beings do when they're hanging out in between, uh, you know these things. You know all of it. You probably help others. All I know is it's pretty fun stuff. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. It is definitely. It's the most fun I've, I've had ever. And I'm glad that I've spent so many years of my life pursuing it. Have zero regrets. Tell me, you had a thought? <laughs> One or two. <laughs> no, it was just beautiful listening to you, ladies. I enjoyed it so much. And I think, think we're at the end. I mean, the, the bottom line is we're moving into the new world and we need to change our way of thinking. 
and consequently the feeling that those thoughts create. And without forgiveness, we can't really move there because we're stuck in the, uh, the whirly gig. And you talked so beautifully about it. And for those who want to join us and want to find out about the course that teaches, among other things, the forgiveness ceremony, the call of your song, go to our website at katase.com or lauraketty.com and look for study opportunities, I believe it is. So, and you'll find the call of your song uh, there, among other things. There were so many things that popped up. I mean, staying angry and resentful and even hateful to other people. It's like you're drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. <laughs> Very well put. <laughs> exactly. And it's all, it's long been an understanding of mine that it's not what happens to you, even though a lot of it can be very, very painful. But if it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to it, how you respond to it. And forgiveness is just a huge part of learning to stay with what's important for you in your life. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Loras. Love you. Love you guys. Thank you, Thank you, you so much, everybody. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm.